When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. See something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics, and overall badass. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio for real on Society 13 Networks. We're back at Kettle Whistle Radio here. All right. Jess Paul and Carrie Hill, my wonderful guests. Two short names. So uh, easy to remember. It is, isn't it? Actually, those are good it's radio names if we were doing real radio. Mm-hmm. It's, um. I don't know if, well, your real last name is not Paul. No. My, my whole name is Jessica Palomero, which is very long. And it is. And my name has no sort of true extension. It's, it is what it is. But it was weird starting in high school, people would just use my full name. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a sign of stardom. Like, you always refer to stars as their full name. Uh-huh. But it's one of those things where my name was so short, people would just use my full name all the time. Well, you, you call me DJ, and that's what my family calls me, but most people around here call me Dave. But I've been DJ my... It's weird. Life. I yeah. I feel like I can't call you Dave. It I just know, doesn't fit. People I, do I that. I know. There are people like that in your life that you just... It's weird. It is weird. But, but, but yeah, when not I... Not for me. <laughs> when I say, like, I'm Jess Paul, like, I, I named myself that because it's, like, kind of phonetic to my actual last name, but... It's like Les Paul, you know? <laughs> oh, and I had a rock show, I so. I like that. that. Oh, that's really good. That's very yeah. catchy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of rock shows, so you we're going to see uh, Iron Maiden? I, uh, yeah, I was wow. on my way to Tokyo, Japan in March of 2011 to see Iron Maiden for my birthday mm. with my brother mm. in Tokyo Arena, and I was geeked. Um, and it led to me being stuck in the country because they had that 9.0 earthquake that led oh to that big God. tsunami. And, of course, the nuclear meltdown at Fukushima. And ended up... I went to see Iron Maiden and ended up getting trapped in Tokyo, Japan. And, ironically, Iron Maiden, I think, was landing when the earthquake hit. And they touched the ground and just left. <gasps> Unbelievable. Oh and that wow. was it. And there was structural concerns over the the, stu- the yeah. stadium. And they were like, yeah, concert's canceled. And I'm just like... I'm so close. And then Did I'm you go stuck to Tokyo here. for Iron Maiden? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I, I mean, my brother lives there. Oh, right. Um, so right, I went right. to visit him, but he, for my birthday, was taking me to see Iron Maiden 
one of my favorite bands. Saw them in New York in like um, 89. But seeing them in Tokyo was going to be incredible. I was so excited. And yes. Instead, I, I got jet lagged in an earthquake and yeah. I got stuck. Ugh. What um, a story. It was, well, the thing that's really messed up about it is I was bugging my brother. I wanted to see Hiroshima. I said, I really want to go. I really want to go. I'm a huge history buff. And it's a two hour train ride south on the uh, eastern coast of the of the Japanese island, the mm-hmm. mainland. And there were bullet trains that we were going to be on that were sucked out to sea from the tsunami. Because when the earthquake hit, the whole shelf what? shakes, right? Oh, so this giant tsunami hit and sucked these trains out into the ocean. Now, oh I can't say God. for sure that it was one of the ones that we would have been on, but it was that oh coast that God. was hit with tsunami. I mean, it was... But I was so jet-lagged, I couldn't move. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, maybe we'll go tomorrow. When I, I else like I had are you going to say, thank God for jet-lagged? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was bad, too. Like, I felt like I had the flu. So we skipped the trip, and we just kind of went... Um, shopping and and wandering around in his neighborhood but if we had gone to Hiroshima we either A would have been sucked out to sea mm-hmm. into the Pacific Ocean or B we would have been stranded in the middle of the Japanese countryside where there's nothing yeah um so yeah thank god for jet lag but thank i mean it was god. it was an ordeal yeah, getting out of that country. The only thing um, you were missing is kaiju monsters or something. I, well, I, we were kind of wondering if that was they were going to show up. You know, yeah, maybe I the, wonder, that's the your inspiration. Earthquake, <laughs> the rift in the ocean let them loose, I'm or the nuclear you. meltdown in Fukushima would create them. I mean, yeah, right. Disasters like that. That's where I mean. Well, Hiroshima is uh, behind uh, the whole anime apocalyptic uh, scenario. You know that they have for uh, your, your brothers really into yeah. anime. They always, they always end in some horrific. Explosion! Everybody dies, you know, or the, the entire yeah. spaceship blows up. It it's never just, ends well. Yeah, it never ends well with them. But I mean, that's anime. That's in, a whole other thing. In a very Japanese way, I still have, I took footage of this um, on TV. All the newscasters after the earthquake were wearing little hard hats oh, because it was an yeah. earthquake. So it's just so Japanese to see these people reporting <laughs> on the news, but everyone's wearing hard hats. That's oh, how you know geez. that there was a there was a serious yeah. disaster. <laughs> but um, no, I did not get to see Iron Maiden, but I did see Maiden in California. And that was the, um, it was Maiden Dream Theater. It was the New Frontier Tour. Best show ever. Nice. It was amazing. I was on front row at the stage. I lost my hearing for a week. No, Joe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you will. I could touch the stage like this. Mm. Bruce Dickinson's in front of me. It was heaven, I, and it, I was deaf for for five That's days, the but bad it didn't matter. A good concert. And at the end of the concert, Steve Harris threw his sweaty ass wristband into the crowd, and I caught it. No, and I have it. Nice. I can Steve have it Harris at home. Is my favorite in the band. So. Um, it was disgusting. I mean, it was <laughs> soaked, but it has his name. It says Steve Harris on it. But I caught it, and it was it was amazing. Best concert ever. That's a dime bag pick I have over here. I don't know. You guys are Pantera fans, but this is an official dime bag. Oh, Very man. Cool. Yeah, check it out. He had that put on there. That's wow. one of his. It says dime bag on there. Yay. Aww. But yeah, it's one of his. He was one of my gods, rock gods. God bless him, man. But yeah, what Pantera. Uh, well, yeah, we're going off track a little bit here, but we talk music here a lot. Uh, Pantera. I assumed uh, it was a music you, podcast. Oh, thirty percent. It just happened Depends. to be talking nah, about more fifty four movies and comic books, you name it. But um, no, Pantera. Apparently, they're coming back. The other three guys with Zach Wild on guitar. Who knows all the riffs to Diamond? There's a rumor, but now I hear it's actually becoming more than a rumor. Is mm. is Zach Wild left Ozzy? Or no, is yeah, it just he's, a side he's thing? he goes he does his black label thing all the time, and now they're oh, taking black a, label society. That's him, that's right. yeah. So, uh, and him and Dimebag were best friends; they knew each other's riffs. It's something that could happen. I don't, 
I, I want to hear the music live again, so I'm, I'm okay with that. He's a brother. I don't know. Are you ever Pantera or? Uh, you know, I had this roommate in college that literally introduced me to all all things metal. So, so I know the names. I know the names. Good of person. Guitars. Good yeah. person. You still talk to this person? Cassie Scott. <laughs> you know, shouting out there. She and she's the one where I, why I know so much about the the Marilyn Manson biography. She's a good friend to have. Oh. Yeah, I do recommend that if you get a chance to it read it. It sounds so fun. It's it is a hoot. Um, <laughs> And again, I, I, I've read it about six times and it's one of the funniest books I've ever read. Cool. Yes. Like there's times I've laughed out loud right to put the book down. And that's rare that you do that with a book, but it's well, Especially an autobiography, one. especially an, uh, yeah. an autobiography like Marilyn Manson's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the long hard road out of hell. Yeah. Yeah, and there are moments where I'm just I'm in tears, like I'm laughing yeah. so hard. Like I, I, that's what I'm reading a lot of is with rock documentaries. And uh, I, I actually was going to take a swing at um, was it the Heroin Diaries? Uh, sure. Yeah, the um, that's the Motley Crue one. That one I want to read. Um, I, I did read that one. That's Nikki Six. Yeah, that's downstairs. I have that one. I have I've read soundtrack. so many. Yeah. Oh, me too. Great soundtrack. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, did you like that that his project that he did? Um, Six a.m. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, oh, so great. I only have the first album. I like some too. songs later on. To the first one's great. Mm-hmm. I mean, his lead singer's amazing. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely. Amazing. I thought it was him singing. No, no Nikki. No, he'll do back, back vocals. He wrote. He writes most of the music. Whoa, hold DJ up. DJ Ashbo's. I guitars. thought Six A.M. was Nikki Six singing. He's a guitarist, and he he writes the songs, right? Right. I mean, it was his project. Bass. It was his DJ, concept DJ album. DJ Ashbo's on, on guitar, and he's amazing. He's in Guns N' Roses, the new version now. But the lead singer, I don't know his name. It's oh my god, Nikki. I thought it's it was Nikki Six singing. This guy is amazing. Yeah, because I was wondering. I was like, "What? Why the hell did they have right. Vince Neil <laughs> up front for a so lot, long?" A lot of schooling going on here. Like, I, like Carrie uh, schooled me on the Mothman book that I need to read. That it's one oh of my, my favorite God. movies, and I thought the movie just followed the book. Apparently uh, not. And she wanted to brush up on our horror. So what did I give her? The Entity book oh, to take no. home. The Mothman yeah, movie. You have to report back. Left out all the to, best stuff of the book. I have to finish Canada though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. True. True. You do do that first. You, well, you're not too far away. So. Yeah, I'm not. Um, you know, like back, let's get back on track with your movie here a little bit. We were talking about the return to Screen Park mm-hmm. not too long ago, a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> How, um, Man, listeners of this podcast will know everything there is to know about yeah, these movies, all the secrets, right? And the As they should. Podcasting. Yeah. Um, now, are you keeping that '80s slasher vibe? Um, are you deviating? The, originally, from that? well, so for the first film, it was. It was to go full force 80 slasher, you know. All the way down to Alicia's costume. Well, right. I mean, the, well, and Roy's <laughs> costume, you yeah. know, um, from the punk outfit to her cheerleader outfit. The boom box. The boom box. <laughs> but it doesn't actually take place in the 80s. Then actually, right. I was surprised how many people got confused right. watching it. Because there was a cell phone um, at one point, I think. There was. Yeah. And they referenced the cell phone thing. But like Wendy's outfit looks like so many characters from the Friday the 13th series. Oh. This one, uh, Return to Screen Park, doesn't lose that, but it's not in your face. It's not done as an 80s slasher. In fact, I mean, it's not even a complete slasher film, meaning mm-hmm. that it's it's not just a slasher. I mean, it's... Not this time. It's, it is still a slasher film for okay. those that like slasher films and for, like, that the first gore. film. That gore right? is going to be the all gore over the place. And oh, yeah. the deaths and everything. But that is almost... I don't want to say backseat, but it's it's part of a larger structure where you have a detective mystery, and a lot of people have pulled out this. They read the script and they're like, "It's got this Scooby Doo element to it." I don't mind that. Not not in a corny way, but you know, you've got these kids where they're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, 
and it's foggy and it's rainy and you know. Yeah, I don't mind that either because uh, you know Buffy was called Scooby Doo. They even called themselves Scooby Doo, and I just love. One of my favorite '80s horror movies that I'm gonna have you guys come over and watch sometime with me. You probably know it's Humongous. Do you remember that one? Went under the radar, but it was big in '82 to '84. Hard to find. And it's, it is, it runs like a Scooby-Doo F. That's how I explain it every time. People are sick of hearing about this and I know it. But, um, it, okay, these kids, they get on, on their rich kids yacht, right? And they get all their friends, they're drinking, smoking, everything else. And they crash on an island. And this island's in the middle of nowhere and there's this thing that eats people that lives it, on the island and was once human. And it's a, it's a great, ooh, scary movie. Human. Very short, like an hour and 20 minutes, but right to the point. But you're, it sounds you feel like an Italian no, it's not. Giallo it's film. It's very much. As a matter of fact, there's two actors that had a career after that. One was in porn. Uh, well, <laughs> the other one was. In, I was just gonna say that. Still a career. Joy Bouchel, I believe her name is something like that. I don't know. Mm. But um, yeah, don't look her up. Um, and then uh, <laughs> there was another one uh, that did soap operas. But when you watch this, you'll wonder how you missed it during the '80s. And it's a must see for any it '80s. Sounds like movie the movie fan. Shockwaves. Mm. But that sounds good too. I know what you're talking about. I never saw Nazi it. zombies. Nazi. See, we keep on a Caribbean island. Oh, see, I gotta see that boat, now. boat wreck. This yeah. is, well, this it, it is like very much Scooby Doo because it's like five people and they're they're just in this place and not supposed to be investigating something they shouldn't be doing and then but it's a little more brutal than Scooby Doo. Uh, that sounds just like Return to Screen Park. There we go. Uh, and now we're you've back on track. Full we circle. It. Full circle, right there. Um, well, I mean, there's you, you've got the the nosy kids. Um, the, the kids that are looking for something to do, and it just happens to be the anniversary of the killings in the, in the amusement park from the first movie. Well, of course. That's yes, how it works in these films. <laughs> um, and they decide to go back and investigate because there's all these parts of the park that they're forbidden. So they're, to backtrack, there are, there's a group of co-eds. They're college co-eds. They're doing a summer internship at this park. It's like summer work. You know, when you were a college student, you had to get a job over the summer. Um, and so they worked in the park over the summer renovating mm-hmm. it for this company that's planning on capitalizing what happened in the first film in right. this park, right? But there's all these places where they're forbidden to go and they can't look at things. So what do they do? Of course, they're going to, you know, get some booze and some drugs and go out and actually find out, well, what's back behind that door that I'm not allowed to go into? Nice. I um, like it already. Meanwhile, you have the, the local sheriff who plays, who's the father of Jess's character that was in the part of the original sure. investigation um, very Halloween of the first film. you to do. Very Halloween of well, you to I, mean, I like that. Again, it's one of those, it's it's an archetype. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. And you, you have are, this yeah. sheriff where he can't let go. He refuses to get up the investigation to the point where he's being ridiculed by the rest of the department. You really feel for him, too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I think that he's probably the most dynamic character in the sense that he starts out as this haunted guy that has to endure the ridicule of everyone, including his own daughter. Yeah. You know, he goes into the park to investigate, but at the same time he's keeping an eye on her because his daughter, played by Jess, mm-hmm. is one of the co-eds in the park cleaning it up. What's her, her name again? Emily. Her name is Emily. Emily, okay. Oh, yeah. Emily. You gotta watch out for Emily. Emily. Thanks. Um, it's a very girl next door. Okay. Name. Um, but, you know, he's he won't give up the investigation. He's keeping an eye on her. And again, at the end, he's validated. He's right. He was right all along. Um, and then the question is, is will he be there in time to save his daughter? Nice. Oh, I like that. So a lot of twists going on. Oh, it's, it's full of it. Yeah, very Love much it. so. Um, so how is, uh, how is Jess fitting in with the rest of the crew and cast? I don't, um, I didn't meet them yet. Jess really? has met our director of photography. Yes, that's true. Okay. Um, great guy. PJ Gaynor. He is fresh back from Hollywood. Um, knows his stuff. Can't wait to work with him. He's great. 
Me too. PJ was awesome to spend an afternoon with. We just did the uh, the interviews, you know, kind of the the videos, and yeah, I'm excited to work with him too. Cool. He's um he knows his stuff, and and he's very professional. Um, but he's a nerd, and and, <laughs> and I mean that in in the the most flattering sense. Um, we're all nerds. I mean, well, we, we are all nerds. Are it's right true. Right. The look, you're surrounded, <laughs> and I mean, you you draw comics for crying. You're right uh-huh. on. You're right on nerd par right now. So <laughs> that's um, a good thing. It's a good thing. No, I, I can't wait to get the cast together and the crew, and I can't wait. You know, I I daydream about that moment where it's the first day on set and we're finally rolling. That was a question I had project. for you. Do you daydream or do you dread? You, you want to dive right in now? Well, there's 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 a high that you get. And I'm sure Jess can attest to this. There's a high that you get when you're actually on set because there's so much that goes into getting to that point. Yeah. There's getting the money yes. lined up. There's the logistics. There's the schedule. There's the people. There's the location, the wardrobe, the props, the special effects. There's so much to coordinate that when you finally get on set for day one and you get to, say, action, hmm. it's a serious high. Yeah, you go, am I, am I really here hey, at this moment? This has been going on for so long, I can't believe yeah. I'm here on location. And I, I remember feeling that on the first film. And there's nothing in this world that compares to it. Yeah, I remember on Brew House, we had to start at, at sundown because we had to have our, all of our windows blacked out in our location. And I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do this, man. <laughs> I, I really wasn't sure. I didn't say that to anybody, but I am a, I am just a grandma when it comes to bedtimes. Uh, it gets, it gets around 10. Like, I'm, I've been yawning. There's no, there's no reason why I should be yawning. I'm just, I'm just like, uh, you know, an old <laughs> sleepy cat. What time do you get up? I get yeah, I get up at like uh, seven something. See, I'm I'm a I'm a five thirty six a.m. Wow. Writing, getting okay. work done. Mm-hmm. The sun's coming up. I'm already up, mm-hmm. but that puts me in bed by. I mean, I could 10. I could go yeah. into a coma if someone would let me and just sleep forever though. Can't do that. I get my best writing done between six and ten a.m. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, That's neat. Yeah, I, try that. A lot of coffee. A <laughs> lot, lot of coffee. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird because I you know I took six months off last year in 2014 and. I pumped out two scripts in six months because oh, wow. it was like, you get up at six, you get everything ready and you're writing and then you take a break and you're writing and you walk the dog and you come back and yeah. you, you've gotten past that thing that's got you stuck. Mm-hmm. And in six months, I had two scripts out. That's it, man. Um, you said four writing projects. Currently. Okay, just give us the genres of each. <laughs> I mean, so we don't go into like a, um, a six-hour show I, I like here. her style. I, I might have a new co-host here. <laughs> so one of the things that we were talking, to, talking about uh, before we started airing this this episode was um i've i'm always writing i'm always reading i'm always everything so i actually have, have pushed myself to the max where i'm working concurrently on four writing projects at once that's nuts um it I, is a I form of it. self-abuse yes it is, um, they're much. all in various stages some of them are laid out some of them have pages written some of them are nothing but note cards one of them is an outline in my head yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The four genres are one is a World War Two picture. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to explain. No, you have it's, to do it. This is the challenge. Yeah. Okay, so one of them is marketing man. One of them is a World War Two picture um, <laughs> about a bear, and it's based on a true story. And I'm not kidding. Oh, okay. There's a story in World War Two of these these f- Polish freedom fighters that. You know, Poland was absorbed and disappeared during World War II, and they're completely taken over. I said genres. Here he's going. Well, but <laughs> this, is, this is how it is. It's a World War II sh- story about a, about these Polish soldiers uh-huh. that adopt a bear, and they take the bear into combat. This is a six-foot, 500-pound brown bear that goes into combat with these soldiers. Okay, so that's number real? one. This is a true story. Oh, my God. That's number one. 
Um, number two is a, um, <laughs> it's based on the moon landings oh, okay. in 1969. Mm. Um, I'm not going to go into anything further than that. Okay. But it, it's that's, based on the Apollo program. Okay. I was going to say Apollo. Um, the third one is a horror thriller. It's not gory. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, it's about a house, but it's not haunted. It's mm. not a haunted house, but it's mm. about a house. Um, and then the last one is actually a web series where I'm, I'm writing the show Bible right now that I'd like to do um, that kind of came about one out of a lot of leftover ideas in my brain. And the cool thing about this series is that it would utilize a bunch of those leftovers, mm-hmm. like snippets and things. Oh. The other thing is, you know, because of financing and how hard it is to put movies together and everything like that, at least with a web series, I could finance as we went. Save up some of my own money, we shoot an episode. Save up some more money, we shoot another episode. Um, and the best way I can describe or kind of hint how this web series would go, DJ, do you remember the series V in of the course. early 80s? I'm a huge fan. I have all the books. Oh, okay. And I have the comic book series. It's, I ran 18 issues. It, it's in that vein not, where, and where you've got... She might be familiar with a remake yeah. that failed. It was not good. Yeah, I couldn't even bring I myself to watch loved, it. V was good for the time, and there was horror elements there. There were. But the cast. It was a cast of like 50 people. And that's... It was amazing. One of the things that intrigues me about doing a web series is, you know, it it can be really big. And Mm -hmm. it can be really personal. Mm -hmm. And it allows me to utilize a lot of people, few people. You know, if there's friends that want to be involved or if I meet new actors and things like that, it's like, okay, you know, we can meet new characters this week, this week in and out, or I can just get to explore one of the things that The Walking Dead was doing that was really interesting that they kind of got away from is that they would open episodes every week showing life before the mm, outbreak and yeah. kind of hint to yeah. it. And they kind of got away from that. But that's where I'd like to be able to do that, where you get to see character backstories and all this stuff. But you get a lot of room to run. Um, and why I, I reference V is that it's it's not necessarily about aliens coming in and uh, that fascists. It's about the people and how fascists. they deal with an alien yeah, invasion. It's, yeah, it's about resistance. Yeah, um, who sticks together and who doesn't, and right? Who joins them? Yeah. Um, but it's it's essentially what if martial law was declared? Mm. What would happen? Um, and you know, you've got a breakup of the United States. Would Texas secede? Would you have you know states breaking off? What would happen with the government trying to keep everybody yeah. together and everything? But then you've got pockets of resistance. You've got all sorts of stuff, and it just it's one of those things where it's a background where you get to deal with groups of people and how they react. Nice. You know, because if you look at what's going on in Greece right now, oh, you know there's, yeah. these people oh, wow. are on the brink yeah. of what's going to happen, right? So you start to flirt with the idea of when you get a first world nation like the United States and something like that were to happen, what would happen? And it's cool because, you know, you get to utilize Pittsburgh. You get mm-hmm. to utilize people you know and everything like that. And from a production standpoint, you get to use what you have. Mm-hmm. Right? So Screen Park, one of the, t- the toughest things about Screen Park is is that you need an amusement park. This web series specifically would be whatever we have at our disposal. Because it's real. It takes place in this world. It takes place here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it can, we can shoot in a field in, in Pennsylvania. We can shoot it at a barn. We can shoot it in a building. We can shoot, you know, whatever it takes. So the web series is designed to just kind of be a side project to absorb a lot of these ideas that I have left over. At the same time, it's feasible to shoot. And with a web series, I can just go nuts. Hey, Jess, what are you doing next week? And let's go shoot this scene. Mm-hmm. You know, compile it. 
put it up on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. I love it. And it's weird that you, you reference V because, like, every episode in the beginning, they were introducing you to new characters and scenarios. Oh, man, I love the and original And eventually v. it kind of came together. And Yeah, absolutely. And that's, like, I, my book, The Fall of Tomorrow. It's every chapter is a different character, and eventually it all comes yes, together. Yes, it is. So, um, yeah, I, I guess maybe I did that subconsciously. I don't know. Well, not V. I think that... It was influenced. Well, how old were you in 81, 82 when it came out? Twelve. So, okay. so right, I was, right on par with the age. <laughs> I was born yeah. in 82, and Jess, I think, was probably, what, a twinkle in her dad's eye. Pretty uh-huh. much, yeah. But I don't know if you've ever seen the original V. Um, I don't know if you can go back and watch that now. Uh, I it, can. It, but. It, it, it has a cheese factor to it because it's the early 80s. Yeah, the clothing. Man, the story is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, oh. the story um, is good. Real super fast forward, the idea was is that the guy who came up with the idea wanted to tell the story of the Nazis in World War II. Hmm. I think it was called Storm Clouds or the Coming Storm or something like that. Yeah. And, the, and the the network was like, eh. So he redressed the whole thing as aliens coming to Earth. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, okay, this is great. So what happens is, is these aliens come and they come in peace and everything like that, but they're basically fascists. Yeah. Um, and, and next thing you know, they're they're absorbing our water supply. Our water supply. But then our the big reveal land. at the end of the first miniseries. Spoiler big, alert: yeah, they're yeah. lizards wearing human skin. And you can peel the skin off. Ooh. When when they, I can't believe we're talking about V. But when they bring in the, the lead <laughs> character, and one of the good aliens shows the lead human guy Donovan. Yes, and he's just Mark how, Singer. He, they, he presses his button, and, and this light, this light starts lighting up this uh, this huge shaft of a uh, I don't know what you'd call it. It's the mother like chamber of the mother. Mothership, yeah. <laughs> There's just tubes with people in them. And he goes, well, the famous line, do you know? Oh, it's, um. Water wasn't the only resource just, yeah. that we were lacking. Oh. Food. Food. And then boom, credits. Was, oh, wow. Yeah. But the, um, the story, I mean, so yeah, so but the, these aliens yeah. come to Earth and the, and the guys of, well, we're here, we're friendly, we're gonna share technology, but in reality, they are imprisoning people, yeah. they're yeah. freezing them for food, they're taking all the water and everything, and there's a resistance movement. Sure. The people that are aware of what's going on form these resistance groups, and they actually fight back. And Diana would eat people alive, oh, if you remember her. Jane Badler. Why is it Jane called Badler. B? B for victory. Visi- victory, oh. but visitors is what they call right. them. Right, so oh. um, it's double dichotomy. Cool, cool. Yeah. In World War II, they would spray paint. Big red V's over all of these Nazi propaganda oh, posters oh, for V okay. for Victory. Um, I own the theme song to that, by the way. I wish you I know, it's weird. <laughs> so I remember the theme song, but the theme to the Final Battle is better. Yes, I have it. Oh my god! Wow, Please send that to me. I'll send it to you. Yeah, you know what? We're gonna take a break and listen. DJ to DJ right and now. I share a brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you may have to play that as the interim for our break now. I don't know that I can. I wonder is that public domain know. now? No. We'll get the rights. From now until we get back. It's, it's better to, to beg for forgiveness than ask for permission. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I like that. I'm not afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that's well here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. All bits of the same mysterious puzzle. Fitting together with horrific parallels to his predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. 
if you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> real quick. Real quick. While they're on their uh, coffee talk break, um, I gave a big shout out to um, my friends uh, Steve and Andrew from Torch, the band Torch, fantastic metal band, and uh, we got the exclusive rights to play um, this kick-ass song. Uh, it's called Undone, and I want to thank Dave Barsky for this one, and we'll get right back to our interview, but I think it's time for some metal. What do you think? Gives me chills. I know, right? I might have to go home and watch this. Robert Englund. Yeah, Robert Englund. Jane Badler. Yeah. And Mark Singer. That's right, Mark of Singer course. is not a um, And yep, yep, that is the theme, folks, to the original uh, V. The final battle. The final it's battle. powerful. Yeah, it's kind of cool sounding, you know? It's just like, but yeah, it's uh, very dated. Um, look, I don't know. I could just let it roll for a while. I don't know. You sick of it already? We, not never. <laughs> never. Um, it the show's still cheesy in in terms of it's it's dated from its look, but it, the story's so good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wasn't sure if you we were allowed to play this or not, so we'll just let it roll in the background. But yeah, now you got schooled on V. Um. <laughs> I, I'm probably gonna learn so much from these podcasts. I, I recommend you know, and this is for anyone who's listening. If you've never seen the original early '80s V, go back and watch it. Um, it's so well done. 
It's been a while since we had music in the background here. I mean, while we're listening to it. I think I want to go home and watch the whole series. I'll just stay up all night <laughs> there and we watch go. it all. I wish I could. I think the miniseries is like three and a half hours, and then there's the final battle, and then there's the TV show, and then there was these novels that came out that continued yeah. even further. A.C. Crispin. And they... Yeah. Um, I can't believe we're Kenneth about Johnson, the guy that came up with it, I think... He was supposed to reboot it in the 90s, and it didn't happen. But then they came out with it a couple of years ago. It wasn't very good. It didn't do well, and I think they canned it. But what was the deal with the one that came out a couple of years ago? Was it a continuation, or was it like a reboot? I see more like a reboot. But there was only like six main characters. It wasn't very interesting. Oh, man, the cast yeah. of the original V was huge. It was huge. It was huge. So, Jess, do you have any guilty pleasures in TV or otherwise? Ugh, actually, I have been watching just Ghost Hunters. I, I'd put it on every day when I'd come home, and I'd just... You know, like exercise while I watch it. And, and, and I don't even know why because the same thing happens every single episode. They kind of find. Do they ever find anything though? Well, this is the thing. This is what I think about Ghost Hunters. I do not watch Ghost Adventures because they're just ridiculous. That's what like, I hear. Yeah. Oh my god, are they really? ridiculous? Like, what are they even looking for or looking at? <laughs> but Ghost Hunters, I like them because most of the time they will not find much of anything. When they do, when they find that one amazing EVP, you just you you just freeze in your ch- in your computer wow. chair that I'm in. Like it's oh, great. I, I never got into it. There was this one episode where they were. I want to say it was Maine. It was kind of coastal, kind of cold, and they were in a beach house hotel. And and and, and this is what I'm saying. Like they don't upplay things. If they don't find anything, they won't make make it a big deal. I mean, right. like. Like, they'll cut to commercial with something really dramatic, but, um, they were walking past, like, you know, upstairs in the, in the, like, the, wo- the wooden hallway, nice wooden floors, and they were walking past this- this music fits. Yeah. yeah it does. It really this, does. this doll that was sitting on a bench outside one of the rooms. They didn't even really mean to make anything of it, but of course, when you're not concentrating on, like, finding the ghosts, that's when they really come out. One of the investigators walk past the doll, and they go, man, what a creepy doll. And you literally hear this high-pitched voice in the distance go, it's not that creepy. And you're like, oh, my God, did that really just happen? And it was, I mean, it was in the distance, but it was so clear. Um, it was great. The, nice. So what do you think about Return to Screen Park opening up with a ghost Hunting expedition. I love that. That's very close. <laughs> That's to my you know what? Another show. Another. This is definitely guilty pleasure. Um, I, I've watched all 10, 11 seasons of Supernatural. I, uh, I can't. I can't leave the Winchesters guilty. alone. I, I got. It. I didn't want to yeah. like it. I didn't like yeah. the first couple seasons. Then I got hooked. You want. I don't you know want those boys to just. I mean, they'll never die. We know uh, that. They're the, never... I didn't watch the last season, so don't. don't say no, anything. I'm saying like. By, by the fifth season, you realize they can't die. Nothing's th- ever going to kill them. I think, honestly, in, in the end, one of them will die. I think they're setting up one one of them to die. Well, I mean, we have one whole season left that doesn't exist yet. You know, they right. didn't even film it. So, right. we, well, let's see. I think that it's the show from, from the onset, they planned on killing one of them off, and you didn't know which one. Hmm. I, I just, it's just, a, that's a writing idea. I don't know. I, I have no idea what okay. they're going to do. Just to keep it interesting. But, but, yeah. but they had, they had a spoof, uh, you know, ghost hunting show, oh, ghost yeah. facers. That was great. Yeah, it was, was great. great. So that's that's actually what it made me think of. Um, oh. ghost facers and uh, and super. I, I might have even said something about that, and and it just made me happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to look up. I'm trying to remember ghost what the heck facers. it was called. There was um, since we're talking about ghosts, there was an incident. Was it in the UK? I forget. I have a whole book on it. I can't remember what the heck it's called. But basically, these 
ghost hunters, these paranormal people, did a seance to try to communicate with ghosts. And what happened was, during the seance, they made contact with a group of ghosts. A group of ghosts that were doing a seance on the other side to contact. Get out of here. No, it's. Oh, I, I can't remember what goodness. the heck it's called. But there's this. I think it went on for six months. And they recorded everything. Oh, the skull experiment. That's mm-hmm. what it's called. Don't know this one. Yeah, S K or S C O L E, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was in England. And so these group of paranormal investigators had made contact with a group of ghosts that were running their seance on their side. Whoa. Sounds like the others. What, in a way, but so they ended up communicating according to the experiment. Now this is—I don't get it. Who, which one was dead, and who, did they know? Right. I mean, well, I mean, there was wow. the, there was the group of investigators on our side that were communicating, but there was you know stuff moving around the room, and they were able to exchange information and everything like that. How do that. I see this? Where is this? There was a documentary on it. There's a book oh, okay. written by the investigators. I think it's just God, called so much the Skull Experiment. She does. But it was just kind of weird. Like, but they were actually materializing coins and things from the other side, and it would materialize on the table in front of these investigators in England wow. on our side. Damn. See, this is what I don't understand. Are, are we talking about like maybe two different planes of existence? Well, where like how do we know they were talking to the future that they were they thought they were still alive or are they really dead and they're like just in this ghostly little plane trying to you know there's a lot of questions with this and that was to bring that, that was all great full circle. I mean that was Keel's thing was yeah. is that our spectrum uh-huh. of what we can perceive is this yeah whereas the yes. actual spectra spectrum in nature is 10 times that size and anything outside the boundaries of that tiny spectrum that we can perceive we yes. we can't pick it up so it could be and you know grounds for ex- anything he explains it in the movie i think it was something like uh, if you could um if you could um conver- converse with a roach would you bother doing it and that's how the mothman right. supposedly that's how they look at us it was something I mean, to oh. that extent yeah it's like the idea that you know huh. i mean well, Keel always believed in ultra-terrestrials, not extraterrestrials. His thing was is that UFOs and aliens and Bigfoot were not supernatural or not not of this Earth, but they're completely part of nature. It's just something that we can't yeah. normally wow. pick up on. And that's one of the things where he claimed, he said, you will never find a dead, dead Bigfoot, you will never mm. find a dead Loch Ness Monster because they're on another realm or another plane of existence and they only appear for a short period of time. Like, they've tracked Bigfoot tracks like down to a river and then they just stop oh. like it just dematerialized and yeah, it's right. gone right. um that's a good point it's and they always associate uh, ufos and big bigfoots in the same area i that part i well, don't get but, I mean, well, well mothman's a perfect example right you read the mothman prophecies you've got mothman you've got lights you've got ufos you've got cattle mutilations you've got weird electronic interference and it's all one phenomena through the course of a year, 1967 through 19, or 1966 to 1967 mm-hmm. in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Yeah. So, uh, but all these things are together in one place happening at the I know same I'm wrong time. about the roach. What was the, what was the, uh, comparison he said? I don't remember. Well, if, the film if, that uh, much. I can't remember. Was it ants? I don't remember. But roach so you, seems It was something more, like that. I don't, but it, yeah, whatever he did, it was how he said it, it was just like, that. Ah, it makes sense. Are you sure you're not thinking of contact with it? Like, oh, no, no, no. When like, they're in, no, no. He, it's when he was explaining to the, uh, uh, what's the Richard Gere character? Uh, the guy that plays Keel, sort of. He's explaining it to him. You know, why would you bother communicating to them? But yeah, it's something. Watch the movie again. I've, I've seen it so many times, so many times. But now I got to read the book. Cool. I mean, I, I will watch the talk, movie if you read the book. Okay. Yeah, but we, that's another <laughs> trade-off we got to do. Good. But now I do have. We have to go back to your movie here. Um, 
Keep Did you, are you behind the entire script, or are you having uh, help writing it? Is that all you? I wrote it. Um, Andrew Standiford, who was my assistant director in the first film and who's my assistant producer on this one, um, I like to bounce ideas off of him. He was a film student out of Point Park. Yeah, Point Park. Um, but I, I just like to bounce things off of him. But I actually, I mean, I sat down and wrote the whole thing. Mm, okay. Um it's mostly to Led Zeppelin <laughs> to keep the music <laughs> music. music. That's it's, a question I had for you too. It's weird yeah. because the whole first half of the film I wrote to Led Zeppelin, where you've got the kids doing their kids yeah. stuff and they're you're you know joking around and the banter and everything like that. It was all Led Zeppelin. Um, there's actually a reference in the script too when they're talking about uh, Robert Plant talking about want to be your backdoor man. Um, yeah. and then I was listening to them today the, the la- in, in the evening I was listening to that I listen to Zeppelin all the time and then the third act was all like Judas Priest <laughs> much heavier stuff when you know all the action kicks yeah, in absolutely music's a huge and we've, we've talked about that a lot mm. uh, music when I'm writing I play depends on what it could be Godflesh when I'm writing these horrifically gothic scenes and then I you know to how you listen to the 70s when I want to just get a mood or, I, or something and it works what about you like does that affect you with whatever you're doing creatively? Writing, yeah. Yeah, music. I created playlists. Like I, I create a playlist before I start mm-hmm. writing anything. You just heard part of mine. Yeah, theme to V, the final battle. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My first, oh my first film um, that I that I wrote was called uh, a Jesse's Girl. It was called Jesse's Girl off of the song Rick Springfield. Uh, yeah, but I it actually, I love that. I actually love that song, and, and the reason why I thought of the movie is because like my name is is Jess. But but because my name is Jess, I always was confused as a child. Like I'm like Jess, is that a is that a boy? Is it was that a confusing a... song in fifth grade right. for me. Yeah. <laughs> so so I ended up writing a, a lesbian story. <laughs> to what though? What was the music? Well, well, <laughs> the music, really the soundtrack was the the main character that you know. Uh, I've said to people, if any actors writing screenplays, it's because they want to be in them. And so my character that I'd ever want to play, her name's Charlie, and 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 she's one of the uh, the girls, and she's a punk. She's you know straight out like um, both kind of like a modern but slash classic you know eighties punk. Oh, ye you with the blue hair? <laughs> oh oh, she has a shave. She's got black. Yeah, she's got she's she's and you would do much, that? Oh yeah. Oh, for a role, for that role, yeah. for my role, of course. So, are you going to produce it or what? I don't know. Somebody's got to help me. You know, I can't do it all. I know not to do it all myself because I just kill myself. Like you're, you're a better man than I am, Carrie Hill. Yeah. But um, it's not easy. I know it's me. not. It's not easy. So, so yeah, uh, that's the first one. And then with the second one, Body, that I did, I basically created a soundtrack from 1972, and and I thought like perfectly. Um, Harvest by Neil Young was written in 1972, wow. was, was released in 1972, and he's a Canadian, so it would Can be... You, this, you are a, a Canadophile. her and Heather Taddy are like kindred sp- spirits. Um, yeah. Heather Taddy owns a Rick Springfield poster that she has in her bathroom. Uh, I mean, yeah. I only know that one song, so... I, I'm just saying. Okay, and she's fan. still into new grunge. She's going to go see Mud Honey oh. this week. We're all going to see Jane's Addiction this week. But yeah, it's funny. I'm seeing like younger folks really getting into the older music because mm-hmm. the new stuff kind of does missing some substance. Didn't Rick there. Springfield turn into an actor? Yeah, and he plays with Dave Grohl occasionally, or, I don't know, Foo Fighters had him on stage for some reason. I'm not I mean, sure cool. behind that. I, they brought him back from the dead. <laughs> that's, no, that's a good song, there's, man. I there's love a documentary. Song, but it is personal to me. There's a Rick Springfield documentary on Netflix that apparently has what five stars, do? so I don't know who's <laughs> watching this. But the one person that saw it gave it five. Yeah, oh, right? Yeah. That's, that's what, what I'm wondering. Happened. And it was Rick Springfield. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse. 
Yeah. Oh my God. What are you talking about here? Okay, so, all right. Um, you said the body count is up a notch. Oh, yeah. Um, um, we got, we got more much. characters, yeah. more, ah, uh, I don't have the actual okay. math. Um, there's certainly more. I mean, the film opens in the first seven minutes, we've got this, Oh, yeah, ghost hunting true. team of these four guys that have this terrible YouTube show where they look for ghosts in places great. and they get wiped out. That's great. So one of the things coming out of the that first film was is that the first one was a slow burn. Okay. If you watch it, it's very early 80s where you've got, you know, it takes a while to get to the kill. It takes a while to lay it out. And there were a lot of people that didn't, that weren't happy with that. I think mm-hmm. it's those damn young kids. Well, I mean, it's just, it's movies today where they come out of the gate and there's just, you know, if you look at the Friday the 13th remake, mm-hmm. you've got seven dead people in the first 10 minutes, right? I mean, he just comes right out and yeah. it's just, they're whacking people. So this one opens the opposite way where you meet these people very briefly about the, them doing their YouTube show and then mm-hmm. they're wiped out. So there's, in the first 10 minutes, you've got already several people dead. You know what? The, the whole ghost hunters thing, that is, you know, the fact that I, I work with one who was on a show for a while and that it's being beat to death and there's some good shows and bad shows. I oh, recently yeah. did, I, I was contracted to do a short story for a company called Book Trope and, uh, Maddie Von Stark is the writer behind that and, and the, the editor, I should say, she owns or she's part owner. Um, and we were supposed to do short stories about haunted and abandoned places in America or I think it was anywhere in the world. And I, I was allowed to pick instead of being assigned. I picked Montauk, uh, which I, oh, I go God. out, I go sure. out there all the time. Seriously? I, yeah, I, I vacation there. Uh, we, yeah, we go there all Anything the time. Weird? Once a year. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I did it on Camp Hero. And if you look up Camp Hero, it's an abandoned military camp where supposedly everything was underground. That's where like, well, that was the whole Montauk. They, they beamed in a monster that killed it was the all these continuation people. continuation of the Philadelphia experiment. Exactly. But there's all <laughs> kinds of things, but there's all, <laughs> But I've actually been there, and there's places infested with ticks you can't Ugh. walk through, and Ew. it is a creepy place. But then about a mile into the woods, you get the beautiful beach, so it's always worth going there. Anyway, um, but I did this on, uh, same thing, a ghost hunters group that were just annoying, and they go there, and bad things happen. And I guess everybody has the same idea. Let's start seeing these people get killed off, I guess. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's I mean, going on there. It was, it was a reaction to a couple things. One was is that too, some of these shows yeah. are really annoying. That's what it is. They 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 are. And that's... And that's my sort of lashing out because I, like Jess, I appreciate the supernatural, the weird. Mm-hmm. So when you see these, for lack of a better word, douchebags yeah. have a YouTube show and they go, oh, oh my God, it's mm-hmm. dark. I feel something. Yeah. It's, just, it's painful to watch. And there's a gag that my um, sound guy lit me in on from the first film. He's like, you know, a lot of times what they'll do is there's specific brands of like Sennheiser mics that have this um, technical anomaly. Hmm. Where if you put another mic near to it, it makes this weird noise, or oh. sometimes it generates yeah. its own weird noise because it's. The- I do that on purpose here sometimes. So it's, it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like these people know this, and you know they buy up all these mics that have this weird technological quirk, and they use that to generate noise, and all of a sudden that means there's something there, and that's actually written into the film where you've got the sound guy of this hmm. uh, this troop. Mm-hmm. I got this microphone. I'm going to hide it right here, so when you walk past it, it'll make this noise. And oh yeah, that's good. That's good. And you hate these people. Um, yeah. luckily they're, pl- they're played by four friends of mine, um, <laughs> that are, you hate. No, I know I'm joking. They're a comedy troupe in town called Hustlebot and these guys are improv masters and You've they, have talked um, about them before with me. Probably the last time you were on. Yeah, yeah they, oh, what uh, a good opening. They, yeah, it's fantastic. Well, it's great. You know, I, I, I kill, I take care of a couple things with one stone. You know, I get, <laughs> I get my friends in there, um, I get to take pot shots at terrible YouTube ghost hunting yeah. shows and we get a body count in the beginning of the film, right? Um, plus, it also introduces us to the park. 
after the events of the first film. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the very right. first image of the sequel is, is police tape strung yeah. up on the park. Um, but the Hustlebot guys, I just did a project with them last summer called Stoners with a Time Machine, <laughs> where I directed most of the episodes for this. It was season one. <laughs> And the show's brilliant because the title tells you everything you need to know about the show. They're sure. Stoners with a time machine. Um, and it's funny because a lot of people think that, and I'm sure my mother's one of them, where it's like, oh god, you're doing, you're doing pot comedy now? <laughs> and it's not like that at all. I mean, the best way to describe the premise is, is that these guys use their time machine to go back to the 80s to shop for groceries when it's cheaper, but when they bring it back to the present, everything's expired, so they throw it away. <laughs> That's the comedy of it. Fantastic. Oh, you know, where it's like, yeah, I was sitting here thinking, like, what, what would they do? Yeah, what? I mean, they use their, their their time machine for the most inundane, <laughs> stupid premises. But it's like, oh, you know, I went shopping in the 80s today. I got, you know, Urkelos and this milk, you know, it was way cheaper. You know, the milk was like 50 cents. Oh, it's expired. And then they just pour it out. Oh, Because they brought God. it back from the past. You know, it's oh, that kind of thing. That's fantastic. Um, I'm hoping that that gets released soon. It was shot at all. Um, David Fedor, who's one of the masterminds behind Hustlebot and the show and everything, is putting it all together in the editing room. Mm-hmm. I hope it comes out soon. It's going to be a YouTube series. Awesome. That's fun. But I, I want them to do a film because I want to direct it because it would allow us to go silly. Yeah. We were talking about using a Renaissance fair. <laughs> and going to run because like they're, they're traveling way back through time, and there's these stoners that are just—it's out of control at this point. <laughs> so we're going to use a Renaissance fair. We were going to go to Civil War reenactors. You know, That's it's one of those things where it's—they're going to be—they're going to be arguing about the TV remote in the middle of a Civil War battle. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's that kind of <laughs> brilliant. That's so great, brilliant. Um, well, I, you know, but we they're going to open the film. We have to the take point. our final break here um, before we f- finish up. Because uh, I got to pay the bills, and I do have to announce this that uh, July fifteenth, and I believe you two will be there. I'm yeah. there uh-huh. um, at the Tiki Lounge in Pittsburgh. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, or if you're even Ohio, West Virginia, there are people coming from there. Um, you can get to the Tiki Lounge on the south side of Pittsburgh. Uh, starts at eight o'clock. Uh, um, I'll be. It's my book release party for Dwelling in the Dark. Um, both Jess and Carrie will be there. You can meet them before they become even more famous than they are. Uh, a lot of celebrities will be stopping by. Their local celebrities, hopefully. Todd Sheet will be wielding the records, uh, punk rock and rock and roll. Tiki Bar is just awesome. Michelle Schubert's the owner of the place, and I, I got to thank her so much for this. Hopefully, it's a success. But July fifteenth, Tiki Bar, eight o'clock till two a.m. Um, and hopefully, the working class folks can come for a little while. <laughs> now you have to air this before that. Yeah, I put the pressure on myself. You just did. Now I did. Uh-huh. That was, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen.
sympathy Are you lying and cheat? It's a shade of blaze For the human race I'm taking a path Through the aftermath And you can kiss my face Don't be to complain Too much late in the pain You can say it's well Come mad hell Then we sit as insane Every sin has a story, every sin has a secret. We know who all speaks the truth. Rest of you! Still with us? I hope you are. Uh, let's see here. I hope we didn't lose you at V, the final battle. We might have lost a few people there. We might have lost a few. We could get them back still. What the hell is going on with this podcast? So uh, one of my questions, too, was um, any death scenes that outdo the French fry scene in the first one, first screen part. Oh, yeah. um, and I think oh, yeah. I already answered, you already answered that with that head blowing up thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, no? We want to crash a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So you're going major. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did we talk about the roller coaster movie from the 80s? That one that was made for TV? Last they, time you They were here? burned a real roller coaster. Yeah. They set yeah. it on fire. What the heck was it called? It was a, roller coaster, it was a TV movie, um, wasn't it? It was something. Yeah, there was a movie called Roller Coaster. And then there was uh, one where it was like the park was just falling apart. And I don't know. It was made for TV. There's, yeah, like you said. I forget. There's a movie I have called Malatesta's World of Blood. Mm-hmm. And it's got Herb Velishez, the oh the midget from Fantasy Island. Yeah, yeah. the plane boss, the plane. And it was shot in an abandoned amusement park near Philadelphia. The poster on it's phenomenal, and I actually posted it on Screen Park's Facebook page. It's a great poster. Interesting. Um, I actually think it doesn't have much to do with an amusement park, but anyway. <laughs> Probably not. But there's there's a midget in it, yeah. Herb Velishez. What are we talking about? <laughs> we, we, I don't know. We were ta- how do we bring up Fantasy I, Island? I Jesus, I don't. we were really stuck in old TV. Uh, I was going to ask Jess actually. Um, how does it feel to be an original indie as opposed to a remake of a Hollywood classic? Oh, it's, all, it's always so good much to invent those cooler. characters. Uh, yeah, I mean, are you sick of the remakes? Well, you know, I don't. I don't see a lot of them just because hmm. they end up being yeah. remakes. I did want to see Poltergeist. Guess what? That's one of the ones I didn't see originally. Oh, oh, we'll see the original. Yeah. Me, me, and my my absence of classic knowledge. 
But you I have to go. This podcast is over. Honestly, honestly, me and my boyfriend wanted to see a movie. I haven't actually seen it yet because we end up just we we either wanted to go shopping or or you know go see a movie. And we this one here, that comic book, Mm -hmm. that Mad Max one. Yeah, that is the prelude to Fury Road, right there. And it's written by, uh, was it George, George Miller? Miller? Yeah. Yeah. And that's Madagascar a, fame. Is that right? He did Madagascar. Uh, well, yeah, well, that, that's a pretty cool comic book right there. And I, it's giving me some insight as to what's going on. I didn't see the movie yet. Phenomenal. And you said everybody Loved says it. it's phenomenal. Everybody. It. I mean, I, it's amazing that, that George Miller is 70 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And he's coming off of a couple animated features, including Madagascar. Yeah. And I forget what the other one was. Um, the one with the penguins. Was right, it? but yeah. he he had done <laughs> Mad Max, he did Road Warrior, he did Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome I, in the eighties. Think about the penguins there. Sorry, and then he went off and he did these family films. He did Babe, Babe, um, yeah, the, yeah, and Babe. he's back at seventy doing a Mad Max movie, and that movie has more balls, yeah, than any action film oh, you that saw I have it too? seen. No, I heard about it. I heard about. I mean, like the amount of practical effects versus oh, yeah. wow. it was a 150 million dollar movie it's cuz they were really blowing stuff up and mm-hmm. he had people really jumping from trucks to cars and madness and yeah, i can't wait to see it it was phenomenal and i you know i don't know if it's too late if you can catch it if the reruns or the dollar theater but it's phenomenal on the big screen the dollar theater doesn't exist anymore did no, I just date not myself. Not South Hills. No. no. no but we're going to put the pressure on Jess for a second once again um what was your first impression when you met this guy you know what? Well, she's still here. Yeah, she is still here. <laughs> um, I, he, he has great stories. You know, I yeah. love. <laughs> yes, he does. Because <laughs> cause we, because I was in the audition room for like a half hour. We were just going back and forth about, about just our experiences and how we, how, how I interacted with the first film and how he made it. You know, mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm. just, we've just been talking for weeks. <laughs> There's so much to talk about though. You don't stop talking. True. About the, about this movie because there's so much to say and so much to ask. I can't wait. <laughs> you know, I saw, did I see this? Roy. Is his last name Reardon as well? Kyle Reardon. Kyle Reardon. Very Irish. It's R-I-O-R-D. Oh, he'll kill me. Oh, that's his, A-N. that's his actor name. That's his real no, His name. real name is, is Kyle Rorden. The character was just Roy. Oh, 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 oh. Um, and he, he really wanted to come oh. back as the twin brother to Roy. He wanted to be Troy. I'm not kidding. He really <laughs> was petitioning Oddly me. Oddly enough, I was going to ask you, were there any rep- repeat performers here? Were you bringing anybody back? Possibly. Or you can't say that. Well, we've got three characters from the first film that have gone missing. Mm-hmm. One of the killers, mm-hmm. Wendy's character, mm-hmm. and Steve Rodzinski, the, the manager yeah. of the park, right. are all right. missing. Yeah. And I think that's where the people come up with the Scooby-Doo element because... You've got a killer in the park, and you don't know who it is, and you've got these three people that are missing. So a lot of it I wanted to sort of a whodunit, you know, one of those. Yeah. It makes sense, yeah. Agatha Christie cool. things where you're trying to, you're guessing, what, you know, who is it? Who I was is hoping it, for that. It, I'm glad to hear that. Um, I was stupid. I was reading the script, and I was like, and, and he's like, did you get, did you, were you thinking about who, who was killing everyone? I'm like, oh. I didn't know I was supposed to be thinking that the whole time. <laughs> like, I was just like, oh, someone's, someone's killing again, you know? Our leading lady, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really think about it. I was just like, oh, well, they did, I just thought you let, let more people back into the park. I, well. We're trying to do it again. But, but no, maybe that, makes, that, maybe that's the overarching yeah. idea behind it. Um, I'm, I'm loving I, the arcing. <laughs> it's great. 
I like the whodunit part. There's, there's so much to this, and the ghost hunting part well, in the beginning. Well, when you do find out who it is, you go nuts. Jess yeah. was very excited. Okay. I, mm-hmm. I, unfortunately, I think I might know, because you might have told me the last time you were here, but I I, I want to forget, so we won't talk about okay. that off air or anything. Uh, we, now, you talked about Zeppelin. What music are you guys listening to these days? Anything hey, I'm interesting? listening to Zeppelin, sure. Yeah, exactly. Both I, I actually have a Led Zeppelin blanket. Okay. That one, you know, with the, the man, the oh, angel. The, very nice. Um, Icarus. Icarus, right. I know it's not an angel. I know, I know. But um, what music am I listening to? You know what? I'm listening to the... Um, uh, the new Against Me album. I mean, it's not that new. It's probably like a. I have them old. in my iTunes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, with all this going going around in the politics, uh, she's really in the and like being a, being a transgendered. Uh, she was, you know, and, and she was first before you know everybody else start talking about it. So well, there was that lady in the twenties that became a man. Uh, no, I know, but like, but with all the controversy happening now of being talked about and everything, she's been she's been uh, a fully trans woman for like two, three years now, and and now it's all uh, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner deal. Would you play a man in a film? No, sure. Yeah, that's a great course. question. That's I I do anything she's for a good role. She's a trooper. In fact, I'd love to. You know, and what I strive we, to write that role. One of my claims to fame in high school. Um, I love this about my my past. I used to dress up as Captain Jack Sparrow and walk around. My pictures are never happened. Oh, there are pictures. Oh. There are videos. Because the thing is, it, it became so popular that people started hiring me and my friends, and I ended up like, like being Jack Sparrow for 200 Boy Scouts one, one year, Whoa. one summer, walking around and all of that. Well, I guess I know how Johnny Depp feels. I was in like a cotton shirt and like, you know. And you weren't being paid millions to do it. No, I got paid in like, in like Dairy Queen gift cards. Oh, score. <laughs> wow, that's, I got nothing for, for it. Like I, I was cards. in for Halloween once too. Yeah. No, I was, I was good. Except, except as soon as I opened my mouth, I wasn't him. And, and it was really hard to hide my boobs because uh, I don't lack in that area. <laughs> <laughs> so and it was, gone it was there. difficult. <laughs> I went as Fox Mulder for Halloween once, and nice. I wore a suit, and that was it. Very there good. we go. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 and I got away with it. <laughs> oh man, uh, worst! I could, if we're going I, for our be- worst or best Halloween costumes, um, I was in third grade. Baron Blood. Do you know that Baron Blood from the seventies? Nobody knows it. Nobody knew it then. Nobody knew who I was. <laughs> I was born in eighty two. Yeah, man. Look up Baron Blood. Let's go back and uh, look at those old. He's, uh, he was a hipster slashers. before there were hipsters. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I was. I I, I still am. Um, however, let's I'm, see. Multi. I, I got to think this. that you were born long before that you claim you were born. Nope, seventy. <laughs> well, wait a second. So you're listening against me? Mm-hmm. Anything else? Yeah, what else? Um, 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 um oh, I just put new people on my playlist. Well, pretty reckless. They're a good. They're a good. Modern, they are good. Yes. Modern punk yes. Act. Then you would like fist fight in the parking lot. Local. Oh, good. Local band. Okay. Yes. See, I fight with my boyfriend all the time because I, you know, I think he does it just to piss me off. He loves Taylor Swift. I'm, I'm you know, I'm putting it on the air, Lefty, because God knows that you bother me enough with it. <laughs> wow. I, I have to come out and say. Oh no! I thought she was this pretentious. Oh no! Little teenager, Here whatever. Here he goes. Here's another one. Her album's good. I that know. new album's good. It's 
good. It's good. It's basically, it's basically, this is what I think about Taylor Swift. She's generic enough <laughs> for everybody to, to be able to handle. I talked to you about, um, the day the music yeah, died. Yes. This, this documentary, yes, okay? Um, it's a documentary about how the politics behind modern radio works. That's exact, that's all that it's about. And, and basically they say when they create the playlist, it's something that you don't hate enough to change the radio, you know, to get away from. <laughs> and, and that's what I think she is. She is the stereotype of what everybody would be okay with. Like literally, like, it- that We're trying to offend as little people as possible. Uh, this, essentially, this show, don't worry about. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I meant Taylor Swift, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I feel like the the playlist is a constant struggle of, to find things. I get bored with music. Oh, very me fast. too. Yeah, um, that's why I do this. I, I accumulate pretty good music. Like I, just today, I, it's know? a very mm-hmm. impressive collection. I have gone back into the seventies. Yeah. Well, there's two things. I actually been listening to like the Animals. Oh and yeah, the animals and T Rex and I Zeppelin. Love T Rex. Um, and for the contemporary stuff, um, there's a band I discovered. It's it's a Scottish band called Churches. Oh, I thought okay. I thought you're gonna say Churches with two Vs. It, it has a V in the middle. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and it's they kick ass. I think they have one album, yeah. maybe an album and some promos. You're, you're the second but, person to have named them, and I have one song, and it just puts me on edge. I can't. Which was lies. I well, wow. I've, been, I've actually I I've been waiting for them to go on tour. If they come to the states, I totally want to check them out. Um, That's a new lead for me. Their lead nice. singer's really cute. It's this little Scottish girl. Yeah, <laughs> um, me, me and my friend Bob make fun of all of the the hipster bands that spell their names incorrectly on purpose. Well, supposedly <laughs> they did it so when people Googled it, they wouldn't show up as. Hey, hip. that's a good idea. Because if you Google churches, you're gonna get. But so they're a band. So it's C H V. C-H. I thought it was, like, the the old-timey, like, chisel marking. Oh, the Roman Mm -hmm. marking? Wow. Apparently it had to do with... I'm learning stuff right now. Apparently it had to do with (laughs) Googling. But check out the band Churches. They're a Scottish, uh, I guess, electric, electronic band. Pop indie? Indie pop? They remind me of, um... Yellow? Massive Attack. Oh, them. Okay. Jeez, I haven't heard them Uh, in a while. um, Yeah. I was a big. I was really into Massive Attack like ten years ago. Yeah, that's, I had everything. Yeah, they were huge ten years ago. Um, That'd be about right. They have that song with Sinead O'Connor. Uh, see, can't. Get they were getting all these thing. all these famous singers that come out because I mean, uh, Massive Attack usually doesn't have a vocalist, so they would bring out all these people for all these songs to to sing the lyrics and everything like that. But so yeah, so it's weird. I mean, I I listen to everything. I listen to country in, in terms of uh, Hank Williams. And all that stuff, but I'll Pure listen to stuff. rap, I'll listen yeah. to He said on his last pop, episode, no would... no country on the soundtrack. I, anything's game at this really? point. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, he's opened it up. Hey, who knows? <laughs> who knows? We've got sheriffs. Yeah. And deputies oh, yeah. In this oh, yeah. We, could, we could have some... Oh, get some Bill Mosley. See if he'll like, play some of his stuff. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Man. We're Spider putting another Mountain. name on the list. There it is. Cornbugs. Hey, he might allow you to do that. I'm allowed to play his stuff here, but I, I don't know. Movies, that's different. I don't know. I, that's uh, that's an untapped resource for me. So Dave's not giving you permission. No, that's <laughs> not me. That's not me. He doesn't mind. This. I'm just saying on a soundtrack, he probably would want to get you know, a yeah. little something, something. Well, it's not a big secret. Hmm. I don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the funds for this film yet. We're trying. Which brings me to locations. Uh, yes. Multiple locations. locations, locations. Or? Yeah, I mean, and, and Jess can, can contest to this that, um, the way the script's written, it doesn't all take place in the park this time. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a variety of locations, mm-hmm. um, most of which I actually have picked out and ready to go. It's just the park remains 
an issue. Um, Conneaut had a regime change yeah. last year, and it's just been tough to get back in there. But we're prepared to either A, go elsewhere, or B, get really creative in the sense that utilizing things like rear projection, compositing, and not actually film in a park, but use background plates and footage and things nice. like that. Um, in fact, I... I'd actually brought this up on another podcast I did. I wouldn't be totally against doing stage work. Hmm. Where if you ever if you watch those old Universal horror movies, oh, yeah. you've got the were you know um, the werewolf, the Wolfman, or Frankenstein, and you've got like this foreground where it's like dirt and yeah. styrofoam fog machine, yeah. fog machine and styrofoam um, <laughs> tombstones, <laughs> one <and> tree. trees <laughs> that they bump and it shakes. I mean, to have that right. kind of setting and then have like a painting or a backdrop yeah. behind them. And the whole thing is just filled with fog. Like, I'm not against that. I actually think it would be a great kind of fun, look. Yeah. And it would be fun. Yeah. And then you throw in, you know, some really good effects and that gothic organ prog rock soundtrack. I mean. Very cool. Wow. I, I like to hear that. Uh, let's, let's talk. We'll this, make it work is we, the point. Off, uh, off air here, me and Jess were talking about, um, Earlier, you mentioned uh, something disappointed that you, that you watched yesterday. Mm-hmm. I also saw something <laughs> yesterday that disappointed me. I'm going to be surprised, one, if it's the same movie. In fact, I will drop this mic and walk out of here if it's the exact <laughs> same movie. And two, okay. it's pretty bad. Okay, well, it, wait, It's pretty bad. I should go first then. Go ahead. Is, is it, with, you, oh, let me ask you this question. Is it pertained to the the country's festivities that we just celebrated at the 4th of July? No. Okay, we didn't watch the same movie. Okay. No. I found a horror film oh, about really? the Fourth of July. Oh, oh yeah. It's... Oh wow. Okay. No, I saw, no, I saw Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Oh. Yeah, I know. Okay, it's good if you didn't see the first three. They follow the same damn formula. The same really? formula. It's I it's they were okay. AKA, we gotta save the kids. That should it's, be the working title of oh. the movie. The whole thing is based around finding and saving two kids again. Hmm. And it's just like, there's nothing dangerous Whiny about it. Kids. One, one of them was. Yeah, one was. I don't want to say anything. crying in the movie, and I don't uh, know why. Yeah, well, just, man, that, that the little dinosaurs actress are, in the first movie, she looks so scared. and She I, was good, fun, yeah. yeah. But it's just that every movie, it always comes down to saving the kids. Did Instead of it? what's happening. Did you see Jurassic World, Mm-mm. Jess? Mm. Okay. I enjoyed the dinosaurs. I love, the new ones are pretty cool. Uh, the premise of friendly ones is kind of stupid. Um, there was just things that didn't work for me. And the, okay, they, they upped the ante with the killing, but then they really kind of didn't. Uh, it was like, mm-hmm. a dinosaur jumps on the screen, grabs somebody and runs, and that's it. Like, I don't know. Here's my beef, aside from the crying. There's a lot of crying <laughs> in that movie. They just took the dangerous parts of all dinosaurs and merged it into one dinosaur. Yeah. Because you're finding out, oh, it masks its heat signature. Oh, wait, it also is a chameleon and it changes its skin. Mm -hmm. Oh, it also does this. Oh, it does this, too. Oh, and it's just like, okay. And did you get all the, I mean, it, none of it it literally left Jurassic Park and turned into Aliens and Predator. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole thing. Without the good parts. Well, you had had the guys in the jungle shooting at the dinosaur and you saw their little heart rate monitors go flat. Yeah. Then you had, you know, it camouflaged and appearing and then it was its vision and stuff. I had hopes at that point. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I love Aliens and Predator, but that's what this movie is with Jurassic Park. You can't, because you can't make it, you can't make it for the family and that's what they're trying to do and that's that's so kids can come see it and so the dinosaurs couldn't be that over the top scary and it just, I don't know, took me right out of it. Was the original Jurassic Park supposed to be kids movies? Uh, kind of. I mean, it appealed to the idea of, it was new of, though. 
dinosaurs. Yeah. Period. Okay. Like, I mean, it was yeah. it was a movie about dinosaurs, and and you had that wonder, and mm-hmm. and you know, when they first see the dinosaurs, there's that whole. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it in, in um, even the adults' faces in the film. There's that mm-hmm. childlike wonder. Wow, a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. But the they new, don't come mm-hmm. out of the gate eating people and all that. Everything. There's just this majesticness right. to them. It's like, wow, real dinosaurs and this and that. And then right. you get into the philosophical discussion of. Should we have done this? Is this right. dangerous? And then they start eating people. Whereas yeah. this one, out of the gate, it's like, how do we make them scary, threatening? And that was the whole purpose behind the, um, whatever the hell that dinosaur is called, Indominus Rex. Indominus, yeah. The t- yeah. The pterodactyl attack was pretty interesting, but nah. Yeah, that was Jimmy the only Buffett's ca- in it. Did you spot Jimmy chaotic, Buffett? I think I did. He had a margarita. Yeah, he had two of them and walked out of Margaritaville. Right. Yeah, uh, we laughed at that. that. We're like, hey, that's the best scene. Yeah. But yeah, that was him. <laughs> I don't know. You know what it is? There's a Newman character in all four movies. They keep that's, going with the bad guy that's going to ruin everything. Right. It's I like, mean, it's yeah. it's rehash. Yeah, and you Completely. have Chris Pratt who plays an ex Navy SEAL, and then he's talking about dinosaurs and their behavior. Like, wait, how do you learn that? And uh, we've moved on. <laughs> wait, how okay. does this Navy SEAL know about dinosaurs? Wait, oh, oh no, we're moving we'll on. Tore that apart. <laughs> so the film that I watched, I can't wait to hear this. Which you may or may not have known that it existed is a film called Uncle Sam. I remember it being out and I missed it completely. Ninety six. Oh my god! Um, it's a horror film. It's in the vein if you've ever seen Jack Frost about the killer snowman. Oh yeah, this is a real movie by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh, goodness. But it actually has real people in it, like Robert Forster's in it, um, and there's a couple other folks. But it's this. Iraq War vet, this is the first Iraq War in the 90s, Come, leaves Kuwait, he's killed by friendly fire, and they ship his body home, and somehow it comes back to life, I missed it, I, okay. I, I, I still okay. don't know how, he comes back to life, and he's killing all these unpatriotic people that hate America. Like there, really? There's these skinhead bikers burning a flag. Actually, I think that's how he comes back to life. They're burning the flag, and the ashes of the burning flag are falling into his open grave. <laughs> the look on oh Jess's face right God. now. So this this burnt corpse gets out of his coffin and wears an Uncle Sam yeah. outfit. He has a mask. I remember and the poster. Hat. I remember the poster. And he's going around killing people. Um and I'll just fast forward. It ends with Isaac Hayes shooting him with a cannon. A cannon. Well, that's cannon. pretty patriotic. Oh, I, yeah, Isaac Hayes. The Isaac Hayes oh, awesome. shoots him with a cannon. Oh my god. Um it was a train wreck. Jess, you have a disappointing film recently. A, oh, guys, you put me on the spot. Why did yeah. I think this before? A disappointing fun. film. Uh, no, I, I don't know. Yeah, nothing. No. I don't watch a lot. I don't, I need to, I need to sit down and watch some more films. <laughs> I'll lend you Uncle Sam. There we <laughs> go. You can watch it. I'm so disappointed. $10 if you get through it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Do it for the 10. <laughs> Alright guys. Well, I want an essay on it too. Let's, uh, let's wrap up with plugging where you guys, where we can find you guys. Um, where do we find you on Twitter, Facebook, and Jess does a better job than me. Good. Okay, so on Twitter, I am this is, at this is Jess Paul. Um, I have a Tumblr, I've got Wrecked Radio, and I've got, you know, like, JessPaul.net. So basically, if you ever, like, forget what my handles are, just, just Google me. That's what I wanted to put on my cards almost. Just Google me. You'll find me. Like, I'm the, I'm the most popular Jess Paul. <laughs> At least I've gotten that far. So. You're not the only Google one, me. though. Instagram has a lot of Jess Pauls. I have right? no idea why. Oh. I'm not on there. I actually, I, I went to school with some, I went to high school with someone named Jess Paul, and she was an artist. Cause, cause she's, she, her name is up on one of like the, the ceiling tiles. We used to paint ceiling tiles with like, um, 
with like famous art, you know, recreations. There was a Jess Paul in my high school. Wow. And I didn't steal it off her or anything. I didn't really remember. But I'm like, wow, that girl, I, I just stole it right off her. <laughs> Sorry. She hasn't been seen right about the time you graduated <laughs> high school. <laughs> right? There it is. That's true. There it is. And you, sir? Um, my Twitter handle is at Lost Ark Raider. That's good. Keeping with the film I theme. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. You can't find me on Facebook. I, I won't. I won't accept you. <laughs> okay. Um, there at, is. I mean, I'm talking to everybody. Oh, at, at Screen Park Movie is. I our, feel lucky then. <laughs> got in. Screen Park's Twitter is at Screen Park Movie, and um, Facebook is Return to Screen Park. Twitter would not let me change the handle. So it's Screen Park Movie and then Screen Park Return to Screen Park on Facebook. Um, we just started an Instagram account as well for the film, which is Return to Screen Park. Cool. As well. See if you make a whole legacy, like a whole like trilogy, it's just Screen Park all the way through. So. Oh, we're going. The next one's going to be in 3D. We're going to space <laughs> in four or five. We're going to have a space amusement Good. park. I'm going to have wow. you guys here quite often. I can um, see. There's a ghetto park. version, like Leprechaun. There's oh, a ghetto man. park. I mean, we, it's all planned out. We've got ten of them in the pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm at Fairly Dark on Twitter. Uh, you can get all our episodes at www.fairlydarkproductions.com. All of Kettle, Kettle Whistle Radio is there, and hit me up on the Kettle Whistle Radio page and Society Thirteen, where all our podcasts are. Uh, Society Thirteen Podcast Network. Oh, that's a mouthful. Anyway, uh, well, guys, this was fun. I think we beat so much '80s TV to death. Oh my god, is, <laughs> I learned so much. I don't know that you did, <laughs> but you, you do have homework. That book right there, the entity and, and the original V miniseries from 1982. You know what's funny? When we do movie day, we got to start with one episode of that. Maybe the opening episode of V. I think next time you're I like here. to jump right. Yeah. Now, I mean, the original is good, but I like to jump to the final battle. I agree. Yeah, final battle. All now, right. this novel doesn't actually end with them recreating a house and trying to vacuum the entity, and does it? I can't answer that for you, but that's well. That's what I heard was not. That's the part real. that's not real. Yeah, correct, correct. Actually, what but a, what a recreate, what a like fabrication of that was. But everything else in there, I just oh, good book, good book. Have the you entity. read Richard Matheson's Hell House? Uh, yes, I own it. It's behind you somewhere. Or it's on my book rack. That's a good one. Yeah, great one. All right, well. So much reading. So much to read. In closing, I guess, uh, Return to Screen Park. I can't wait. What, what projected date? Uh, originally it was next year. We could be looking at 2017. Okay. At this point, whatever it takes. As long as it gets done. That's Absolutely. Because, uh, my, um, my, my, my fiends here love the first one. So, yeah, you, you got a good following here. So and you gotta spread the word. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And we'll have you guys on again in uh coming months or maybe weeks. If you guys have music or anything to talk about, you know you know where to yeah. find me. I'll come prepared next time. Oh prepared. Mm-hmm. We just did three hours. I'll watch some <laughs> terrible movies. Oh, I have a bunch. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> he can help you with that. All right. Good night, folks. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. 
We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab, an Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast. Electric Cast.